Hello and welcome to Are You Writing, the podcast where the writing arts interns talk about all things writing. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're going to be talking about some of the most common myths about writing and writers that we've heard. We're going to get into that, discuss it a little bit. Um, But first, let's uh, introduce ourselves. For the fall 2020 semester, we have myself, Marissa. I'm our head intern for the semester. I'm Tara. I'm also an intern this semester. And I'm Lainey. I'm the newest intern this semester. So thank you, Tara and Lainey, for joining us. Uh, Like I said, today we're going to be talking about, you know, all of us have heard myths about writing and writers, you know, this and that about writers and and how they write or different things that like every writer has to be there are stereotypes generalizations whatever so we're going to kind of get into that and break it down and see what comes up in our discussion so i think the first myth that i would probably like to tackle is definitely the writing every day versus not writing every day myth so laney tara what do you guys think about that one I don't think it's necessarily a myth, but I don't think it always works for everyone. Um, I think saying write every day is um, a very like general statement to make, um, and it can't be applied to everyone's life realistically. Um, so like, I try to write every day, but <laughs> if I have like too much work for school to do, some days I can't make it. So I think saying if you don't write every day, you're like a bad writer isn't fair and it invalidates a lot of writers. Yeah, I agree with what Tara was saying. I think that it's also like kind of could cause a lot of harm mentally for a lot of newer writers because I think it's kind of a tendency for writers to be hard on themselves. At least like I am definitely. And if I take a week long break from writing, like I get really down on myself and I feel like my breaks just get longer the more upset with that, that I am that I'm not writing. So I kind of try and take the pressure off the whole writing everyday thing and just write when I can. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I hate it when people do that kind of thing where they say this thing will work for everybody. And it just doesn't because, you know, like, I have to put in my writing time around my job and my classes and everything else. So, like, I don't always have time to write every day. You know, maybe I'll write a sentence, but I'm not going to write a whole page every day. You know, like, you don't, you just don't always have the time. So, definitely that one is a no in our book. Write as much as you can and when you can on your own schedule. But if you can't make it every day, not the end of the world. So, what other myths did you guys want to like dive into next? Anything that stood out to you, made you angry, that you agreed with? Um, there was one myth. It's kind of it's not too deep, um, but uh, one of the ones we discovered was that uh, there's a myth that writers are excellent um, spellers and typists, and that kind of struck a chord with me because I personally am one of the worst spellers I know. Um, <laughs> in um, elementary school, I my writings were always scored so low because I could not spell to save my life. I remember like one of my teachers called me up after class and told me like, you're honestly, your spelling is atrocious. So um, I think it's kind of ironic that I am now a writer, but um, I just think it's funny that that myth was brought up when I feel so strongly about it. (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. I've always been like a real stickler for spelling and grammar, but my, my handwriting... (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, let's just say you would not know that I took a penmanship course in fourth grade because it's unreadable. Like, I literally, I cannot read my own writing. My own mother cannot read my writing. She's like, literally, what does this say? So, definitely, <laughs> that's why um, I, I keep a writer's notebook, especially for some of my courses and stuff, but most of my writing has to be done online or I cannot read it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have a uh, spell check for a reason. And we can't, just because we write a lot doesn't mean we can sit down and write like flawless sentences with perfect spelling and grammar. Well, yeah, not no, not the first time. If, if I have writing that has flawless sentences, it's been edited like 50 kabillion times. Yes. <laughs> Editing is key. I also think it's funny that people think um, that all writers are like have like perfect form when it comes to like typing because I can type fast but I type so wrong like I've never even used the shift key on the right hand side of my keyboard like never even touched it. (laughs) Yeah see here's the thing when I totally identify with that Lainey because when we were kids my mom like forced us to learn typing so we totally rebelled and as an as a result I am a terrible typist I can type really fast like you're saying but also my hands are so small that I can't do like the I can't spread them across like the home keys (laughs) they just don't reach like I try to reach up to like one of the ones on the top and I'm like "Eh, eh, eh, I can't reach it so no no that one's definitely a myth Unless, Tara, I mean, you could be the superhuman typist of the three of us, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I thought that I was really good at typing, and, like, I knew the keyboard really well, Um, but I'm taking a class right now, and we're, like, talking about different keys and stuff on the board, and I cannot find them. I don't know (laughs) where (laughs) things are. I'm like, wow, I thought I knew the keyboard so well, and um, I don't. So, (laughs) definitely not. I think that leads us into one of one of the other myths that I read that definitely uh, cracked me up. I think it was across a couple of the articles that we shared, um, which is that your debut novel is going to be the very first novel that you ever write. The very first novel that you ever write is going to be so great, and it's going to get published instantly like the first one you're not going to write like five draft novels and then submit one it's going to be the first one I mean that would be really nice (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't it the first book is just like perfect and it's super successful and I get rich off of it but um no that's not really realistic (laughs) yeah I know for me um I'm right I'm working on uh well what would be my first novel theoretically and um I'm kind of starting the beta process and letting like my friends and family read it and they're like oh this is good like how long did it take you to write like a few months I'm like oh like four yeah, years right. oh my god a few <laughs> and they're like oh so like you're gonna get it published soon I'm like oh, probably another four years yeah Lainey aren't you like rolling in money <laughs> oh yeah Oh my goodness, that, well, it seems like a lot of these myths are starting to overlap when we're talking about them, because those are a couple of the other ones, um, that as soon as you publish, you get rich, which, like, I mean, that's the dream, (laughs) but not realistic. I mean, if I took, (laughs) not that, I mean, Lainey, your novel's far ahead of mine, but let's say that I had my novel draft finished tomorrow, 
And I just walked up to Random House and I said, you're going to publish this. And they said, yeah, okay, totally. We're going to publish this. We're not even going to read it first. We're just going to put it out in print. We're going to print like a million copies. And we're going to give you like $40 billion. And you're set for life. (laughs) That's what I would like to do. I'm working on um, my first book too. And it's definitely not that easy of a process. (laughs) There's a lot of editing and stuff. And I I still feel like I need to rewrite the entire thing all the time. So sounds like we need to have a podcast just about writing your first novel. Oh, definitely. I feel like, too, what a lot of people overlook with like like writing in general is um, kind of the need to build a platform, especially like with today, like with the whole like the Internet and everything. It's kind of like a newer part of the writing process. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I definitely feel like a big pressure to like build an audience before I even like release a book which is kind of terrifying (laughs) oh absolutely yeah no I was just I was just thinking about that a little bit before like right before we started the podcast actually because um one of the other myths in there is like oh they only got published because they know somebody which is like really great if you're a writer who didn't get published like it's a good way to ease the bruise off your pride but it takes a lot of work to know somebody like networking is like such an overlooked skill especially for writing like you don't just magically know people you got to work to get to know those people that's true yeah Yeah, i think it kind of like all comes back to the idea that people think that all writers do is write when really there is so much more than writing that like you need to do in order to actually become an author or a writer in general totally okay let's add another myth onto there uh writers have good memories that is incorrect my short-term memory is awful. <laughs> Terrible. No idea what the first chapters of my work in progress looks like. <laughs> what the heck is today? What's my main character's name? I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I get my character's names confused, it's terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> Especially when you're working on... I think, Tara, we maybe talked a little bit about this in one of our past podcasts, but, like, if you're working on a fantasy or supernatural piece and you're coming up with, like, weird names, trying to keep track of those is, it's a real time. And, Mm -hmm. like, working in fantasy worlds and stuff, you have to remember all the rules of, like, the magic and of your world, and that's just another thing to keep in mind while you're writing. I actually just started working on, like, what would be, like, my first not, like, realistic fantasy piece, because, like, that's all I've ever written. And it's so challenging, like, figuring out all, like, the rules of the society and, like, what things are called even. Like, it's just so much that I was not prepared for. It is. It's so much. And, like, when you think you have everything down and you're like, I'm ready, there's something that you haven't figured out yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh, world building is a word that I'm not allowed to say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of characters, that brings us to yet another myth, which... This one really riled me up because, honestly, it kind of annoyed me because it's definitely something that I say a lot, and it was hard to kind of deal with the idea that maybe it's just a crutch that I'm using, whether or not characters, quote-unquote, control the writer. Like, I tend to say a lot, you know, like, I've come up with this character, and I've designed them, and I was kind of going to go in this direction with them, but then as I, you know, as I was writing them, they were kind of just like, nope, we're doing this other thing. I'm like, the character decided that. What do we think about that? I mean, obviously the characters don't actually control you, because they're not 
real, unfortunately. But I think it's it's definitely it makes sense that as you're writing and you're like getting to know your character better, that you better understand what they would do in certain situations. And if that changes from your original plan, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that just means you're understanding your character better. I think people just have a hard time with the idea that writers are like working with people that aren't real if they're writing fiction. Like with nonfiction, you're working with real people. So I don't think people have as hard a time like picturing that but I think a lot of people who aren't writers have kind of a difficult time grasping maybe like we're coming up with people that aren't real but they still have to we still have to write them as though they were real people like they have to be that deep yeah that's very true I feel like too a lot of people um, a big misconception is the idea that the characters we create are like based off people we know and like I know a lot of writers do kind of like take inspiration from people but I personally don't but everyone's always like oh the main character is like a self-insert right I'm like absolutely not no I would never do the things this dumb person does (laughs) (laughs) oh my god don't even get me started I I in every single piece of media that I've ever read I think just about I almost always hate the main character because they have to be stupid for the plot to move along like they have to do dumb stuff yeah (laughs) I don't think I've ever based my characters off of like people I know in real life let alone like a self-insert why would I want to write about myself (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's like that black and white and like literal like I've never written a character that's exactly like somebody I know but I'll take aspects you know like I'll take aspects of myself or other people or of things that have happened to me or just words and phrases here and there and like kind of take it and integrate it together but I'm never gonna like like I'm not gonna take my boyfriend and write an exact character based off of him give it his name give it his background and that's the whole character like that's kind of weird yeah, yeah, I think it's normal to like take aspects from your real life, but we're not like copying and pasting personalities. <laughs> I kind of feel like people almost want you to write characters about them the way they ask it. In a lot of my stories and stuff, like obviously I fall into the trope of like having problematic parents for a lot of the characters, and my mom and dad get so offended every time. I'm like, it's not you guys. Like, <laughs> it's so obviously not you guys, but I feel like they just so desperately like want it to be them in my stories. I'm like, sorry, not happening. I know, I know. I have to like sit down and be like, okay, this one, like I want all of you to have different parents and I am not going to do the trope of all of your parents are dead. (laughs) I hate that trope so much. It's like such a big thing in fantasy and I'm like, like, I I guess I get it because why would your character go on a death defying adventure if they didn't have a tragic past? But still, (laughs) okay, I feel like I'm practically talking over you guys here. Are there any myths that you guys wanted to bring up? I think we could talk about kind of like someone mentioned there being like a perfect writing place, quote unquote, and kind of like how that kind of impacts your ability to write. And I feel like I have no perfect writing place. I totally just write anywhere, wherever I can, in the most random places or sometimes where I like get my best ideas. But I don't know. Do you guys have like a place you prefer to write or your perfect setup? I don't think I do. I think I it would be nice to have like a writing place where everything's like quiet and I know I can focus on writing but that's not always realistic like sometimes I like to go outside to write but um as it gets colder I can't do that <laughs> so um like you said I think you can write anywhere really as long as you can get yourself to focus in that environment 
Yeah, I don't think I really have a specific place. I'm pretty, like, nomadic anyway with where I sit in general. Like, I'm never in the same place for very long. So I'll write, like, anywhere. But I will say, I can't write when I'm in a place where I don't relax. Like, back in the olden days when we were on campus, (laughs) back in the olden days, I would never, like, sit at Rowan and write because... I was at like I was in school mode not like relaxed mode like when I'm at my house or you know a house of a relative or whatever I could sit down and write like anywhere but not at a place where I'm not at home that makes sense I lived on campus so I kind of had to but like even then it kind of helped to get out of like academic settings like I didn't really want to write creatively creatively in the library um, there was this really great gazebo by my dorm that I would write in, and it was so nice. Oh my god, that sounds so nice. I just think it's kind of funny that people like have this image of writers in their head where we're like at this big kind of like oak desk with like a dramatic like sunlight streaming through the windows as we're writing, and really I'm just like on Google Docs on my phone trying to get a sentence in at like like on the ba- like in the bathroom at a frat party. Like I take anything right? I can get. yeah like I mean I wish I had an oak desk not with the sunlight streaming in because it's really hard to see my laptop that way (laughs) but you know an oak desk would make me look really fancy but no I totally get what you're saying because I I curse my brain this horrible horrible entity it's like (laughs) it comes up with ideas at the worst times I will Mm -hmm. literally be on the verge of falling asleep. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I am falling asleep. I don't want to wake myself up to like write something down and I'll get like the greatest idea ever. Or I'll be driving home and I'll get an idea. I cannot write down ideas while I'm driving. That's illegal. (laughs) Like get a move on. Come on. I always get my best ideas when I'm showering and like I'm just about to out myself right here, but I take like 30 minute showers so by the time I'm out, it's gone. It's to- totally oh. not in my brain anymore. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. The shower is a great place to come up with ideas because it's just you and your stupid brain and you're just sitting there coming up with all <laughs> kinds of stuff. But yeah, that's that's a, that's definitely a myth that, that I just, I don't understand why everybody, like, did Edgar Allan Poe really, like, become the poster child for what every writer is? Because, I mean, honestly, I don't sit at my desk all day. I don't. Sometimes I wish I could sit at my desk all day and actually get work done. (laughs) See, that would be great. That's what I'm saying. When I wrote that article last week, you know what? The latter half of quarantine was better. You know, we were, like, opening up a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this novel started. I'm excited. I've never written a novel before. And then life was like, "Mm, I don't want you to write this novel either. I was like, okay, thanks. So nice of you. And then the semester was like, hey, congrats. You have a million things to write and read this week. You're not touching your novel ever again. Yeah, I feel like whenever I feel like writing, I can never actually write. It's at a time when, like, it's impossible for me to get it done. Oh, definitely. Like, the only time I can write is, like, 1130 at night, and I'm, like, half asleep, dying of just lack of energy and I'm like read it in the morning that made no sense glad I just wasted all that time (laughs) uh one I thought was interesting was the myth about the perfect idea slash like getting a super original idea because I feel like part of the reason I'm so bad at starting new projects is because I 
keep trying to think of like this grand new idea that no one's ever done anything like before (laughs) and everything I come (laughs) up with I'm like no that's too much like this or that um and so to have someone say that it doesn't need to be I mean it has to have some originality obviously you can't just copy ideas but it doesn't have to be like entirely unique because everyone's written something like someone else before yeah I feel like the idea that like you're not original enough or like who are you even to be like telling this story kind of like holds a lot of people back from starting like I know though when I get an idea I'm kind of like this is the best thing that will ever be created I swear <laughs> I am the best <laughs> and, like, but like as I slowly go on the like deeper and I get I'm like oh my god oh no I've made a huge mistake like there's been a terrible misunderstanding <laughs> and I feel like the more I write the more I like kind of find similarities between other works and like I get down on myself a lot more because of it but I think it's no important way. to just keep chugging Some- through Someday I'm going to see the name Lainey Parejo, bestseller, New York Times bestseller, and I'm going to be like, I know her. Not only do I know her, I was her head intern. So yeah, if you get a copy of her book, I'll sign it too. <laughs> I know Listen, I better her. see all of our names on books. <laughs> so, uh, okay, look, I might be 80 when I publish my first book, but I'll get it done eventually. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it's just like, it really comes down to like what the purpose of your writing is. Like if you're setting out to be the next great New York Times bestseller, you know, then you're going to struggle a lot more. But like people have to understand mm-hmm. writing is not always about being great. It's just about writing what you enjoy and it's writing to entertain other people. Like maybe I enjoy writing formulaic romance stories, which I do, by the way. <laughs> and like, you know, maybe they're shitty, but Debbie McComer made buku bucks off of it, first of all. And Mm -hmm. secondly, people love it because it's great to just escape into something that, like, you know what's going to happen. The uncertainty of life, like, washes away, whatever. Like, there's no, like, writing is based on what you're trying to achieve. So all of you out there who are trying to tell us that we need to have the next great original idea before we can even put pen to paper are wrong. I double that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I cannot remember the actual legitimate next myth that I wanted to address, so let's just throw that out. Um, But definitely this one, this one, number 10 in one of the ones that that you sent, Tara, uh, writers are far more attractive than anybody else. Um, That one's absolutely true. An absolutely true myth. It's It's not a myth at all. I'm an absolute bombshell. I could drop the whole population. (laughs) I feel the same way about myself. (laughs) Look, my writing, I could pen a poem romantic enough to woo, like, I don't know, Matthew McConaughey or something. (laughs) Oh, Matthew McConaughey. I talked to somebody on the phone the other day who sounded exactly like Matthew McConaughey. It was so (laughs) weird. I don't know. I think just like these writing myths in general like i the human need to categorize goes both ways it's nice to feel like you're a part of something but the stereotypes and generalizations in like every aspect of our lives just need to like chill i am not edgar Allan poe yes (laughs) i have never i've never even had a drink in my life so you're not gonna find me dead tomorrow from like 15 martinis like (laughs) or whatever i guess edgar Allan poe probably didn't drink martinis I like to imagine he did. <laughs> I get. I'm just seeing it with like, like I don't know. What's what's the one that you put salt on, like a margarita or whatever? Like I can see him. Yeah. <laughs> just him there with like the little umbrella sticking out of it, sipping it. Oh my it. god! <laughs> what an image! <laughs> I love that. So writing myths in general, 
debunked. Basically, if I was going to sum it up, nothing is universal to anyone, whether they're a writer or not. Like, nothing... There's no, there's no one method to being a writer. There's no one way to be a writer. There's no one thing that you have to write to be like, congrats, you're a writer now, like whatever. You don't have to publish a certain way. You don't have to write a certain way. You don't have to do anything to be a writer. And you certainly do not have to be uh, an introverted alcoholic because I am an extroverted non-drinker. And I'm pretty, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, Lainey, I've just met you, but you seem pretty extroverted to me. Tara... I think you fit the introverted, I but I don't think that you're um, the next Edgar Allan Poe either. <laughs> no, <laughs> not reached alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm not at that point yet. Okay, we'll see what happens when I finish this novel. <laughs> okay, the moral of the story is don't generalize writers because they could be anybody. And that's my very cliche take on uh, writing myths. What do you guys think? Any other uh, ideas related or unrelated that we want to throw out here or any uh, margarita recipes for Edgar Allan Poe? (laughs) Um, I guess I'll just throw out that like maybe like once upon a time these myths did like kind of encompass a lot of writers. But I think today the writing world has changed so, so much like from like the 19th, um, 1900s and stuff. So I feel like we just live in a world where writing is so much more diverse and there are a lot of different outlooks and stuff on it. So I feel like there's really nothing you can say that would kind of classify all writers, except maybe that we're a little stressed out. (laughs) A little bit? Speak for yourself, Lainey. (laughs) I was trying to be generous. (laughs) I think that just like any profession, like writers are writers, but they're also just people. So you can't really apply all of the generalizations and the way that writers have um, been portrayed in like the media or just in, in general. <laughs> so that's our uh, very wacky, very um, tangent-filled take on myths about writing and writers. Most of them are wrong. Don't generalize us. Don't generalize anyone. Um, and go forth and write. Thank you so much again for listening to our Are You Writing podcast. You can find it um, wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.